everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On the show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty that we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we want to help you reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy all these products from every each way, often from good meaning, good meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and you wonder, why am I not where I want to be in my business? As Dan Nicholson says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner here in the Whale Club, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. And if you get value out of the show, please hit the subscribe button right now. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show, All Steve Wants for Christmas is a $100 million sales business. Now, we're kind that's of figuring all. out what the title was. And this go ahead, Paul. <laughs> that's that's all. That's all. That's it. I don't ask for much, right? Just a hundred million dollar sales business. Uh, but before I get into the show, six word updates. What do you got, Paul? Six word update today. Screw volume. Give me five solid deals. Yeah. You want to elaborate into that? Sure. You know, I just uh, I think that volume and scale is certainly one way to approach business. I just doesn't serve. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't suit me. I learned that over the last couple of years. I'm really excited about next year. Um, you know, I was probably going to make a post about this, uh, maybe today or tomorrow, but I was, I was sort of like, if you think about business as a video game, like level one is about saying yes. You know, you say yes to a lot of different things. You got to try a bunch of different stuff. Mm -hmm. You get through level one, you get to level two, and you realize that at level two, it's about saying no. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that means is you have a lot of opportunities. You have to learn how to say yes to the, to the you know, handful of things. In my case, that's the five deals next year that I'm going to really be trying to, you know, hone in on to say yes to, saying no to everything else. I'll let you know when I get to level three, I'm not there yet. So mm -hmm. I don't really know what that looks like yet. But right now, what I got to learn is how to say no. Um, so screw volume. Give me five solid <laughs> deals. Yeah. And I think that there's, you say level two, it might be level four or five, maybe seven, right? Because like step one is like saying yes to yourself, your dreams. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first one, right? Because uh, inaction kills so many people. Uh, but yeah, definitely saying no. And that's a skill that I thought I had mastered. And it was pretty clear I have not mastered it. And now I realize I'm not even close to mastering it. <laughs> but we're getting better, you know, slowly each day, every day. My six word update. My biggest fear, getting left behind. You know, we had this call in Whale Club. And I want to say you talked about this last week's call. And I was like, damn, of all the things that Paula said, like that's the one that resonates the most is getting left behind. It's why we play the comparison game. Now, a lot of people say comparison is a thief of joy. And for me, I've always said, like, I don't look at that as a comparison game. I look at it to see that that's what's possible, right? Okay, if he can do it, I can do it, right? And I've, with very few exceptions, I've never felt left behind. But there have been instances where I do stuff, it's like bad decisions, by the way. Whereas because I was feeling left behind, right? So when you said that, damn, I've gone through that more than once. And it really resonates of all the fears that we run into, you know, doubt, uncertainty, and this and that in business. That's my biggest one, getting left behind. 
you know, getting not being part of the tribe or not yeah. feeling like you keeping up. Gosh, that was when someone pointed that out to me, it's like, whoa, that is spot on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like it's what causes people to not take action, you know, fear and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It's also what causes people to take action on everything, saying yes to everything, fear and uncertainty, fear of being left behind, right? It's right. the same thing. It's what keeps you from taking action. It's what causes you to say yes to everything because you're like afraid that if you don't capture this opportunity, someone else might get it or mm -hmm. you might get, you know, they might get ahead faster than you if you don't say yes. And, you know, I do think that whatever level it is, it's what has to be learned. You have to learn that lesson as an entrepreneur or you are doomed to continue repeating it, I think. Um, so yeah. you've got to learn how to say no and you've got to learn to show restraint and say yes and take action on the right things when you have ample opportunity. It's about saying yes to the right things and no to almost everything else. Yeah, you know, we have Dr. Jeff Spencer. You know, I met him through Nick Peterson and the uh, um, degenerate. Was it de-engineering, de <laughs> right? <laughs> Events, yeah. right? And he would walk around. You look, look. Is like, uh, you're right on the edge. You might, you're about to blow yourself up, right? And he would say these things like, man, like feels like he's saying that to everybody. But then you take a step back, you realize we're all about to blow ourselves up, yeah. right? Without the right tools, that's exactly what we would do. So like, he wasn't saying that indiscriminately. He was saying that because a lot of people are about to blow themselves up. They just don't know what the what the tripwire is. He and I were just on a call. We have our coaching call right before we do this podcast. And he was like, um, he says, this, the, your 30s is the big setup. And I was like, dang, that sounds kind of ominous. And he's like, mm -hmm. but it's, he's like, I've been working with top performers and uh, for decades and decades and decades. And I've seen it so many times. The 30s is the big setup. Your motivation is acquisition and conquest and like let's go do it all you're you're getting you know smarter you're getting you know more money and more resources and more assets and you take on all these obligations and that has a price um and so he calls it the big setup and uh i'm doing everything i can to fight my nature in my mm -hmm. 30s which is it's biological um you know according to him and i can't disagree uh, to, to fight this urge to just try to do everything, to try to conquer every single thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, there are consequences <laughs> to that. And you may not understand that. So I'm doing my best to try to listen to someone who's been there before yeah. me and say yes to just the right things. And I think that's a good lead into what we're going to talk about today is your, right. you know, all Steve really wants for Christmas is a hundred million dollar sales business. And, yeah. Um, I want you to, to start by telling us like, man, I've, I've been listening to you for years and years and years, you know, um, I know a lot of people who listen to you, you've had a, a following for a really long time and they've seen you grow as a, as an entrepreneur and right. someone who has continued to sharpen the clarity of what it is that you do and how you've said yes to a lot of things and how now it's starting to kind of narrow down into your, your true game and doing what you were really put here, I think to do. So Tell us about that evolution, Steve. What, where did you start and how did you get to where you are now with that? Well, I mean, you talk about the clarity thing, right? I mean, going from a realtor, which like uh, you and I were talking about the, the email, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But wearing the realtor hat to being a very successful realtor to like, hey, uh, wholesaling is better than realtor. 
and starting a podcast and this journey and becoming a sales trainer, I was at a, a wedding earlier this year. I actually put a put out a Facebook post about it. I'd be interested to see when I posted that. Like I was like, oh, what do you do? I was like, what do I do? That wasn't the fun. That was not a fun situation, right? Like, what do I do? And that's this year. Like, I, I'm a sales trainer. I own apartments. I own a bank. Founder, a co-founder in a bank. Uh, you know, a podcast, realtor, wholesaler. You know, like, what do I do? I, I'm doing this thing with Paul for Well Club. I do this thing with Eric Brewer for Novations. Like, what do I do? You know? And there was, um, we talked about this on a previous episode. You know, we had Matthew Pollard speak at Collective Genius. And his thing was like, you need to have a single unifying message or like okay we went through as like what's our unifying message because you know we got sales leadership with ren we got sales training like not only is there all sorts of noise in what steve does but even within sales like where are all the things that i do right like how do i pitch sales leadership and this and that and we had a sit down a discovery meeting with my team and they're like we need to have a clear message and the clear message was we solve sales problems that was what we figured out. But even then, uh, you and I have talked about this. What do we do in Whale Club? Well, we help people get clarity. What's the response to that? I've got clarity. I, come on. If there's anything, anything I've got is clarity, right? It's like, oh, do you, right? We solve sales problems was triggering, well, I don't have sales problems, right? That's not the problem, right? So that's, uh, so we're moved away from we saw sales problems along the way, I try to figure out well, what's another message, this and that. Like we help people close more sales. Who doesn't want that, right? We saw sales problems, hey, I don't have a sales problem. We help people close more sales, oh, I want that, right? And so we went, we settled on close more sales and it's just fascinating. Once we've hung our hat on close more sales, the people that are reaching out to us that are interested in doing business with us, right? But internally, we just had our annual meeting this week. And it was really interesting to see having a single unifying message cause everyone in the annual meeting to be more crystal clear on their roles and responsibilities and the actions we need to take to deliver a product that is in line with close more sales versus this, well, we help you with this, we help you with that. So having that unifying message was really powerful, especially during <clears throat> the annual meeting. You know, I'm, I, this is kind of more of like a marketing comment. There's got to be something to the positive versus the negative identity, mm -hmm. you know, negative being you have a problem, mm -hmm. positive being you want to, you want to, you know, close more sales has this positive connotation to it. And there, right. there probably is something there. It's the same reason why the whole scale thing works, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're selling someone scale, you're selling them more, you're selling them the dopamine that's firing a in dream. their brain. Yeah, you're selling the dream. It's really easy to sell the dream. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's also helping people is about like, I don't know, getting through that initial barrier. It's sort mm -hmm. of like there's a phrase, what do they say? Um, sell them what they want, give them what they need. Uh, everybody thinks that they want uh, to close more sales, but mm -hmm. really what they need to do is solve the problems that they have in their sales process, right. but you're not selling that. That doesn't sell quite as well, right? That doesn't sell, stop selling them that. <laughs> right, it's the same reason why, you know, you don't wanna tell somebody that, hey, you need clarity. Cause it's like, don't tell me I need clarity. You need clarity, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, because, <laughs> but, but like, let's talk about that for a second because I, I think 
first of all, that's not a static thing. It's dynamic, means it's changing constantly, mm -hmm. right? Because if you asked Steve from 2021 when you were like ripping, you know, your mm -hmm. I know your business was ripping in 21. Yeah. You know, Steve, do you have clarity? Absolutely. You would have said, Of course I have clarity. Yeah. But it's different now. So what happened? Um, I think A, financial challenges definitely help. B, um, going through well club multiple times with you right because i say it on the call is like we do these exercises and we're doing our six word updates we're sharing our case and points like i have to think about it in the car i don't journal as well as you guys do right but in the car i have no audio on and i'm just thinking right and i'm thinking about these six word updates i'm thinking about case and points it's that deep work that forces you to look inward versus outward mm -hmm. i would say that's provided a lot um and you know again being a part of collective genius i get to meet these people right i get to meet uh so jeremy minor was a main stage speaker and then i get to have uh breakfast breakfast with him because he lives right up the street right every guru lives in phoenix that's just the way it is so i get to have breakfast with with jeremy minor afterwards uh when matthew pollard spoke uh i had won the belt for something so i sat down and talked to matthew pollard you know the sales trainer you know, and so getting to talk to these people, getting to see what their business looks like, seeing the opportunity, uh, doing part in the disruption, having Chris Jefferson uh, on the show. We don't talk a lot about this, or at least he doesn't talk a lot about it, but he's really successful, right? As far as if we're talking about financial, uh, uh, financially, right? He's doing really, really well. And he said, hey, Steve, after this show, let's talk about opportunity I see for you. He was talking to me about the sales side. Right. And then you talk about being a receivership, going to Family Mastermind, and then after that, going to ClickFunnels and seeing what was going on there. Like, I do really well within Collective Genius. You know, we charge a thousand bucks a month for sales training. We have a lot of people that pay it happily. It's a really lucrative model. But when I was at ClickFunnels and I see, like, you know, you look at wholesaling, everyone that's like listening right now, if you're a wholesaler, Generally, if you're a wholesaler, you're going to be a maverick captain or some variation of that, right? Which means uh, you're, you're generally um, extroverted, uh, action taker, uh, have a strong ego, have no problems with rejection, right? You're, so you're an action taker. And so with that, most of the people in wholesaling are salespeople. Just naturally, just naturally gifted salespeople. That's who we attract in wholesaling. Mm -hmm. Going to ClickFunnels, they attract marketers. Who are these people? Introverts. Can't stand getting on the phone with people, right? These are people, we talk about like running a business in your mom's basement. This is the audience. These people don't want to hire salespeople. They don't want to manage salespeople. If you can solve their sales problem, they already figure out the marketing. They can get the phone to ring all day, every day, better than most people. They just have a sales problem. And they asked me, like, hey, can you help me with this problem? And what they're willing to pay is significantly more than a thousand bucks a month. So that's cool. New new kind of audience and like new information to suggest that there's probably um like a bigger audience to capture there. Mm -hmm. Um so as you're 
building this brand and trying to get closer towards like more effort into this you know one of the tools that we talked about this week on wheel club we had dan come on and talk about uh recovery allocate mm -hmm. you know it's like <clears throat> this is what this is the trap that i think is fairly obvious when you point it out to, to most people everybody's like that makes total sense mm -hmm. but it's it's a lot easier to say it's a lot harder to actually do back to the whole like giving puppies back which we'll explain that com comment yeah. in a second you know so you want to do this thing we want to allocate we want to go after something that we see is a, a path right this is an option that's now presented itself we want to we want to press on it a little bit more we'll talk about micro steps too in a second but um you know the first question i have is i mean a, a hundred million dollar company and we can come back to maybe the specifics of why a hundred million mm -hmm. but um my first thought is, is that's going to take a lot of energy and effort okay right? a lot of focused energy and effort mm -hmm. so what are the way we take people through this and as you already know is to identify the the currencies mm -hmm. that we need to recapture we do audits on where those currencies are being spent mm -hmm. and we find the low spots so that we can capture the stuff that's not being used to its highest and best use and go apply it to the things that are going to get us closer to what we want so right. i don't know how how are you making sense of that recapture reallocate conversation in light of this new um you know vision well i think for part of it is you're talking about the attention is the identity component right um but before we get to that another thing i was doing along this whole way was actually collecting information right like again getting Chris Jefferson back on the phone. Hey, here's what I'm seeing. What are your thoughts on this? Talking to Ryan Pineda, right? Because he's interacted in this other world as well, the marketing world, right? He's um, talking all the time with, you know, Jeremy Miner, Cole Gordon, Andy Elliott, these other guys in the name that are really big brands and so on, right? So like, you know, gathering intel to see what the, explore what the actual opportunity is, right? So there's been a lot of see in case before just strategizing and execute, which is my typical <laughs> default mode. Mm -hmm. um, but talk about recapture uh, or recover and allocate. Uh, so the first thing is the identity, you know, <laughs> something that's happened quite a bit. I've noticed in the last few months, like when I was a wholesaler, when I, and I say identify, I don't mean this like, you know, to push people's buttons. Right. But like when I, <laughs> when I'm a wholesaler and a realtor and I do the title company thing, like Steve was made sense. Right, that was the brand I built as the realtor, owning a brokerage. We had a brokerage for almost ten years. We had over a hundred realtors at our brokerage before I before I shut it down. SteveAssendingHomes.com made total sense. <laughs> In the last few months, people were like, "Hey, I'm going to send you an email. What's your email?" I was like, SteveAssendingHomes.com. There's a moment of like confusion. Like, SteveAssendingHomes.com. Like, yeah, right. So, okay, my identity or the attention I'm getting there's still some, uh, it's still kind of muddy, still kind of unclear, right? So like, uh, as far as the attention component recover, like I am putting out there, like I'm a sales trainer, right? So like, you know, Instagram is Steve Trang, you know, whatever that vertical bar is and the closemoresales.com. So I think that one of the first things is the attention component. Um, I am not going to be the one necessarily leading this uh, effort. So we have Ian, um, you might've seen him on episodes of Real Estate Disruptors. He runs our sales community. So we didn't really recover this effort. Really, we have someone else taking the lead on this. 
So he's starting the Close Marcells podcast. So we have, right? We already have all the equipment. We have all the people. So I wouldn't say necessarily we recovered and reallocated that, but I'm not going to be the one leading the effort because I can't. Hmm. Now with all the existing commitments at the moment. I like how you started with identity yeah. because clearly it's telling you that it's like insightful, I think, into probably what you're experiencing, which is, yeah, what does Steve do? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making some notes as you were saying this. Here's the identities I have come to know you to have over the years. Right. Sales trainer, real estate sales trainer, wealth builder, mm -hmm. investor, realtor, wholesaler, entrepreneur, yeah. banker. Yeah. Right? Right. So it's like... Um, we got a lot of puppies, tons of puppies. What's the, what does that mean for those who aren't familiar? We haven't talked about puppies in a while. You want to explain the, the puppy story? I mean, puppies is basically, I mean, you know, you go to the puppy store, um, and, oh, I forgot podcaster too. podcaster, which one I was, I got that label earlier. Uh, I think I got that label last year and I kind of rejected it. It's like, oh damn, I am a podcaster, right? <laughs> yeah. Influencer slash guru is another one. Yeah. Uh, so a puppy is basically, right, you go to the puppy store, right, and the shop owner runs a business. And if you run a business, by default, you're a salesperson, right? And he looks at you. He's like, well, you know, hey, you know, look at a puppy. Which one do you think is the, is the cutest one? Which do you think you can see, you know, uh, uh, you taking home potentially? Oh, is that one? Okay, great. Why don't you pick it up, hold it? Oh, that's such, so cute, right? Like, that puppy obviously loves you. You know, what do you think? What do you think should name that puppy? You know, you name the puppy. Right, like you know what? Why don't you go ahead and take little, a uh, little uh, Jokic home with you? Right? So, okay, we'll take a little Jokic home with us. Right? So you take Jokic home for the weekend. That's it. It's over. The game's over. You own that puppy. You're not giving that puppy back. Right? Right. There's just nothing that can happen. You have to be really stone cold hearted, right, to to give that puppy back. And so we use that story because what we do all the time is we'll name initiatives. Right? We just had annual planning. We have these initiatives. It's hard to come up with initiatives, do a state of the union. Here's our number one initiative. And then like three months in, it's like, well, okay, we'll scrap that initiative. Like, no, like that's, <laughs> you've, you've named it, you've announced it, you've given it a name. Kind of hard to undo that, right? So what do we do with the wholesaling company? What do we do with the title company? What do we do with this and that? We haven't recaptured any of these things yet, right? Uh, I don't know if I ever will, but we're looking at other ways to, to handle uh these other other uh, other companies well that's interesting too because right it's we're talking about your personal brand and identity mm -hmm. yeah but every business that you have has also got a personal like a business brand or mm -hmm. identity yeah and those don't necessarily need to be the same anymore mm -hmm. because you were the businesses for a long time, right? You right. were the wholesaler, you were the podcaster, you were the sales trainer and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, hey, what do we say kind of at the beginning? Level one is saying yes. Mm -hmm. Level two is learning how to say no. Right. So it's it's not it's not advantageous to have a house full of puppies, you no. know? Like we we've gotta like narrow the focus. So what is the so I, again, I just love that you started with identity because I think that's the dom I think that is the lead domino. So our solution right now, maybe it's not the right solution because it's not recovering or reallocating. But I guess what we're recovering is my time. So the solution is to 
when I put the question to this morning on Facebook, like, hey, our initiative for number uh, for 2024 is to build a company worth 100 million, right? And that's not really the 24 goal. It's probably 25 goal, but it starts with a lot of heavy lifting in 24. Um, in order to do that, because uh, Matt Bruner asked a question in there, well, what's the difference between where you are today and what the $100 million company is going to be like? And my answer was a stronger executive team. That's the answer, right? So the intent when I was asking who knows someone that's had successful uh, eight and nine figure exits, the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm going to have to have a board of advisors and I'm going to have to have a killer executive, at least one, if not multiple, but at least one. And that executive is going to be responsible for a lot of my responsibilities today, hmm. right? Running meetings, answering questions, this and that, right? Like the only things I should be doing in these other companies is answering questions that are related to my 18 years of real estate experience. Hmm. But anything outside my 18 years of real estate experience, if it's a business question, if it's a process question, if it's a procedure question, if it's a tool question, you're no longer allowed to ask Steve those questions. So in recovering and reallocating, I'm not shutting down any companies, at least as of right now, we're not. Uh, right now, the plan is to hire an executive who is going to be senior to everyone else at this company right now, who's been involved in successful exits and having a board of advisor also to coach all of us through so that we know we're <laughs> all to watch out for the pitfalls that are going to come in, in, in building a bigger business. Well, it's something to be said too about copying giving yourself permission to copy what has worked for other people mm -hmm. while also keeping your own um, style of kind of going about it. And, uh, you know, I like that. It's like, who's done this before? Who has been there? Mm -hmm. We're not saying like copy everything that they've done, but we are saying that there's, there's certain best practices that like obviously right. are worth paying attention to. Yeah. If you're going to build you a house, you wouldn't just go out and build a house. You're like, Hey, who's built houses before? Okay. Right. What are things I don't know about building a house? I should probably know before we start. Exactly. And then you can obviously add your own preferences to like, Absolutely. well, I want these finishes and I want the floor plan to look like this. And, but of course you hire someone, bring them on that's been there that can kind of guide you through. And I think that makes total sense. What is the, um, what is the micro step, right? Because one of the things that I learned from Dr. Jeff is, well, let, let's just start with this. Um, big, hairy, audacious goals, mm -hmm. right? That's what, uh, whatever Jim Collins book that's in. Um, this is a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. I, I've, I've been mislabeled. I think sometimes of like, it's not okay to have a big, hairy, audacious goal. Mm -hmm. Never said that once. What's, what is, um, what's the danger first of all, to having a big, hairy, audacious goal? Uh, I think the danger is identifying and attaching yourself to the outcome. And that's probably one. Two, you get judged from other people, but who cares about that? Um, I think probably the biggest thing is committing to it and not being receptive to new information. Right? The part where I reserve the right to change my mind. I think uh, the other thing is, you know, perhaps making decisions that aren't fully thought out because this is what we're doing at all costs. So I think that there might be some risk there. Yeah. You know, this is maybe a, 
I don't know if this is an inappropriate phrase, but I heard people say this too many times. Uh, mental masturbation. You ever heard of that <laughs> phrase? Oh, yeah. So, like, man, that's just so, so spot on and silly to me. It's like, mm. we'll just literally sit there and mm. think about our goal and like, wow, how amazing this is. And we're writing stuff down in our journal and this mm. is what it's going to look like. And here's what the org chart's going to be in this $100 million company. Mm. And here's all the markets that we're going to be in. And you're just making yourself feel good about right. something that like, whoa, 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 whoa. We have no idea what this might, how this might look. Mm -hmm. I have no problem setting a big goal. Right. But I think the risk of that is it makes us feel good. We're like, heck yeah. Yeah. You know, hundred million dollar company. That sounds so cool. And it's the risk is that you just stay in that mode or you take massive action towards it. Mm -hmm. And it's like about the restraint, you know? So as we say, oh, I shouldn't say as we, as Dr. Jeff says, it's about identifying the next one to two things that need to go right. Right. You know? Outside of that, we don't need to be thinking about something that far in advance. We need the next yeah. one to two things to go right. And then we need the discernment to be able to adjust after that. Mm -hmm. All with this, you know, kind of holding this big vision out into the future. We're trying to get closer to, but just completely unsure of what that path might look like. Yeah. So that's what I think of the danger is, is of setting these big goals. Sure. It's like staying in that mode of like, wow, this feels really good to set this big goal. Well, it's not just setting the goal, but trying to do it all at once. Yes. Right. And so for us, uh, I mean, it was really clear again in our annual meeting this week as it was what I said to him. I was like, look, I want to build a company worth a hundred million dollars. And it'd be awesome if we can hit that in 24, but I have no expectations or very low expectations. This happens in 24, right? Like realistically, if we hit it and it's a strong, if it'd be 25, not 24. And so I think that's the first thing. Second thing is we broke it down in order of sequence, right? Okay, so like, how do we get there? There's all these things we got to work on, right? But really, there's only two things we're going to work on. Because there's, even though there's all these different ways to do it, we're really going to focus on two things uh, for the first two quarters, maybe three quarters. Um, that's continuing to build out the community. Because the community is the reliable, right? That's $97 a month, right? Right now we have 140 people paying us 97 bucks a month. That's the reliable. Right, we're gonna keep growing that reliable so that that can cover our, our our overhead. That's number one, and number two again is the done for you component, which is I was talking about in ClickFunnels, right? Like going to that event, seeing an army of marketers that don't like to talk to people, like that's an incredible opportunity. So we're gonna spend the next two quarters figuring out how to execute the done for you component because no one's done that well. A lot of people have done it, but the feedback we've gotten from the people that have done it. It's just one of those things like, like they landed the plane, but it wasn't graceful. Mm -hmm. So we're figuring out how to do it right. That's in consistent and in line with our brand of excellence and consistency. Because the one thing that would ever drive me crazy is like, yeah, Steve, you, you sold it to me, but it sucked. That cannot fly. So our brand of excellence and consistency has to be there when we launch the DFY. And again, I think that's probably more either end of Q1, probably middle of Q2 before we even get that off the ground because that's going to be a huge lift. How are you keeping your, um, like how are you communicating this big vision back to your team? I'm curious. Um, and how has that been received? So the annual planning was uh, Monday, Tuesday this week and all the leadership team was there. We've got our State of the Union January 8th. I would love to have it sooner. 
Well, that's the first Monday, right? We got Christmas coming up. We got New Year's that always falls the same day as Christmas, right? So the first Monday is going to be January 8th. That's what we'll do the actual State of the Union where we share our 2024 vision. And that is everyone in the organization is in that call meeting, right? If you live in Phoenix, you're in the office. Uh, but we have people in the Philippines. Um, in yeah, I guess all of our, all of our VAs right now are are exclusively in the Philippines. But yeah, uh, be if you're in the Philippines, you're not coming in, right? So uh, beyond that, everyone else should be in the office on Monday, mm-hmm. eighth. I I want to hear how you answer this. You're the you're being interviewed today, by mm-hmm. the way. If you didn't yeah. know, um, <laughs> so. I said, who do you need to become to run a hundred million dollar to, oh. to become a hundred million dollar business leader? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you know? You've probably heard that phrase. It's like your business is only going to be su- as successful as the person that runs it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never going to outpay. I forget how he says that. I think that's Jim Rohn. Yeah. Like you'll never outpace your business will never outpace your own personal development. Right. Right. So what is that for you? next quarter really that that you're going to be working on uh, i just need to be networked with the right people you know um one of the incredible blessings of having a podcast is i get to meet people that are doing amazing things and so we had uh sharad uh come onto the show and uh he has a crm re simply and i was looking at him I was like hey like i see what you're doing I see what you're doing what are your plans how are you getting there and so on he's like well i have a business coach who's exited his company for $70 million. Like, cool. That makes sense, right? Uh, Stephanie Biders, right? A whale club member, left main REI. She is actively looking to sell, not looking actively sell. She's actively looking to build a CRM that she can exit for maybe nine figures, right? I'm in close communications with her. Um, I got, you know, my best friend. He sold his company for $80 million. Um, and then there's other people in our network that have exited as well. So for me, this could be completely naive. I don't think there's a bunch of growth that's required. Again, it can be completely naive. I don't think there's a bunch of growth required. I think it's the quality of relationships that needs to change. Mm-hmm. I think I need to find other people that have done it, figure it out, what they figured out. Because um, again, my friend that sold his company for $80 million, like we have regular conversations. We've known each other since seventh grade. We do a lot of the same things. Right. Uh, it's just, I would say the biggest difference, not the only difference, but the biggest difference is that he's been way more focused than I've been. And he kind of laughs at me about probably, we have a monthly accountability meetings. So probably once a quarter, he's like, what the hell are you doing with your life? So, but a lack of focus. So I say the biggest difference between me and him is more focus. So I guess maybe when you ask that question, who do I need to, who do I need to become? I say probably a person that's more focused. Hmm. And then hanging out with other people that have done it. So this is a who, not how kind of thing? Absolutely, I think it is, right? I mean, it's just the same thing, you know? If you want to get better shape, just hang out with guys that are in better shape. Yeah. You get better basketball, hang out with guys that are playing basketball. Right? It's not That's... It's not like this genius move, you know? I, I, I talk about, I do Kung Fu, right? If I want to get better Kung Fu, what do I do? I hang out with other people that are serious about Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. I, that's... Definitely been my experience, you know, and that's why I think that it's valuable to pay to be, first of all, like we're huge fans of paying for friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because 
when you get to a certain level, you kind of have to, um, because the people who play at the top inherently there's less of them. Right. So Mm -hmm. like you want to find these people, you're fortunate to have a best friend. I think, you know, I'm also fortunate to have a couple close, really close friends I've had for a long time that are very successful. Um, but it is, it is a lot of who, not how, I mean, we, we really agree with that. I think we see that as a, as a no brainer, this race, uh, this business is about relationships. Period. And I I sent you a screenshot, right? I posted this morning because you and I were talking last week, actually on our, uh, we also have our one-on-one uh, conversations and you were like, Hey, you know, like, how can you get in front of people? I was like, well, I'm going to post something on Facebook about this. And then, so I did this morning and I get a, I get a DM from someone that I've known for years and years and years, haven't really kept close touch with. He's like, well, I know the guy that sold this company to Zillow for $400 million. You want to talk to him? Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to him. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Like the people in your relationship, people in your network, you don't know who they know. And so asking for help is amazingly powerful. Uh, let me just add a little bit to that. Uh, isn't it interesting how, you know, someone like you who has such the network that you have, you have the experience that you have and all the different businesses. Um, you, you said that the, the main thing is, is focus. That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm thinking about this in, in terms of our language that we use with, you know, whale club and stuff. It's like, if, if you can just properly characterize the problem, mm-hmm. you know, that I think is what stands in the way of most people's successes. They just, they can't identify the problem that they're actually trying to solve. Yeah. Because if you can, if you can drill down and get that focus and clarity on exactly what problem you're trying to solve, and you can communicate that out to your network, to your who's. Mm-hmm. If you don't have clarity on what problem you're trying to solve, then you don't really know what you're asking for. And how can people actually help you? Right. You know? So that's the focus component of what you're saying there is being able to properly characterize, I'm looking to do this. I need this particular thing. This is the next one to two things. By identifying that and communicating that, you're just you're attracting people that want to help you, mm-hmm. especially if you've spent you know, a decade and a half, like you have, um, just building these, I just think of them as like bubbles inside of a, you know, soda can or something. There's <laughs> just a ton of them in there and they're colliding constantly, creating all yeah. these opportunities and you can pluck whatever you want out of this. As long as you know what you're asking for, right. You know, as long as you can clearly state what you need, somebody's got that resource for you. You just got to know, you got to be able to ask for it. Yeah. And then you talk about recovering and reallocate. So this wasn't this year, but this was last year right? Was shutting down the brokerage. Uh, I was like, Hey, yeah, you know, the brokerage is paying the bills, not as much as we would like, but it's paying the bills, right? We shut it down last year. And it was hard for me last year because that was, I launched a brokerage literally a month after I had my second child. So like, there's some, I don't know, it's, it's irrational, right? But there's like, I had one baby and then I had another baby like a month later, right? Or I guess a puppy in this instance. So me, Closing that email address the other night to create, you know, the other email to have more clarity on what Steve does. It was a little bit, you know, giving giving that puppy back. That was it was last year, but we finally locked the door on that puppy because I still had that email. Right? Even though I closed the brokerage last year, that was the last one of like 
All right, we've given the key back to the landlord. We're done with this operation, 100%. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's this is going to we're going to continue to deal with this, you know, you and yeah. I because it's just it's like trading up, you know? You just mm-hmm. can't keep everything. You got to make trades. Have you ever heard of that um story where like I forget, it's like somebody starts out with like a paperclip or a thumbtack mm-hmm. and they're trading, 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 bartering, trading and they bartering up, game. You know? Yep. Well, that's it. It's like you got to trade. You can't keep all this stuff. No. You got to like you got to trade the the you know paperclip for a candle and the candle for a um you know a picture frame and then the picture frame for another thing and you just that's the that's the natural process it's almost like shedding the skin mm-hmm. and uh saying no to the things that at once you said yes to is very difficult but i do think that that's the evolution and that's the lesson that has to be learned in order to get to a higher level a bigger game let's just say yeah. in entrepreneurship and there was it was pretty cool right like posting that this morning i got some people challenging me on it which is great and one of the questions was why 100 million are you gonna be unhappy if you can't sell it for it? like is 78 million dollars a failure right right uh and just to add clarity because i wasn't really in that message because facebook is only so much you can type before it moves away from the color thing to just regular posts for sure um the goal is not to sell a company for hundred million. The goal is to build a sellable company. The goal is to build a company that someone would value, right? If we get it sold for hundred million, fantastic. That'd be wonderful, right? But really it's building a company that is not reliant on me, right? Yeah. And is someone that someone is willing to look at it, look at the P&L, look at the balance sheet, look at the operations, like, that is a value company that I'm willing to buy, which is yeah. very different than what our operations looks like generally. Well, and they're not wrong by asking that question. You yeah. know, I didn't want to be too like, there's kind of a multiple directions and tangents we could mm-hmm. go with this. It's like, yeah. what would 99 million do? Yeah. Um, but I think the better question is, is well, why are you, why do you want that? Mm-hmm. You right. Know? Is it, and for those that are listening, right. Is this not a function of, more it's it's different because from the outside person that doesn't know you mm-hmm. like i know you they might think that you're interested in it because of the money right and i'm like well you <laughs> i've worked with you long enough to know it has it's not it, none of this has anything to do with the money for you yeah no it it's for a couple reasons one you're a competitive guy you just like to compete and win. I know that about you. The the score the scoreboard is literally just there yeah. so that Steve can be like, see how much I beat you by. Right. And like, I'm that way too. A lot of times, I just need a good game to play and win. Yeah. You know, the out the 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 reward is winning. You know, and maybe that's like a <laughs> a deep seated limiting belief that some of us were born with, where we just like to win. I don't know. I I just. I, I know that to be true about you. I also know that you're interested in making a massive impact on your industry, your colleagues, your you know leading people. That's why you used to say we're trying to help a hundred people become millionaires. Mm-hmm. You know this has slowly started to transform and getting sharper and sharper. But it doesn't have to do with the money. No. So when we when we say a hundred million, would ninety nine do? Well, yeah. But the point is, is we're trying to set something that is really hard 
and is a big, hairy, audacious goal. Why? Because we just want to win. Would we take less money? Sure, but it's not about the money. Right. Well, another thing, too, is if we're able to build a company that's worth some valuation, whatever, like that means that everyone that works here would be in a position to retire. Right? Yeah. Like they'd be in a position to retire at an early age. Right? Like there's very few people here. Sadly, there's not that many people that are here that are in their 30s. And there's very few in their 40s. <laughs> Most of these people here are in their 20s, you know? So if we are able to do this, and again, it's a big if, but if we do, like, there are a lot of people here that can retire if we actually hit that goal. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the real moral of that is be careful, like, know why you want something, first of all, mm -hmm. and also recognize that a lot of people just won't understand, you yeah. know? They won't understand, and that's fine. Um, but if you if you want a hundred million dollars because you think you need a hundred you want a hundred million dollars for the money, mm -hmm. then I would just say like why? What do you need? What do you want to buy with yeah. all that? You know? Just the same thing I would ask you, like, well, why do you want to build a hundred million dollars to make an impact on people? Mm -hmm. Why? We should be asking ourselves this. We should. And the reason is because otherwise you'll just chase more and more and more. Um, you gotta have clarity on why you want. And Again, back to like, no one likes to think that they don't have that, mm -hmm. that they don't have clarity. You ask somebody, it's an uncomfortable thing to say, no, I don't have clarity. Nobody ever wants to admit that. Yeah. Um, but my experience is even the best, even like, I mean, literally, we, it's why we go through this over and over and over again. Why we do this podcast is because we use it to help us continue to get clarity. It changes. It's dynamic. And you got to treat it that way. It helps a lot. And then it's just funny to look at it, right? Like. Uh, we did a um, whale club called this week, and my six word update was it was something along the lines of like um, sales community solves my solvable problem, right? Which basically what it means is like on the barbell, the community is the reliable. Uh, the the hundred million dollar thing that's an asymmetric bet, right? If it works. Great. If it doesn't, doesn't matter. I still have my reliable over here. Yeah. That's what people get wrong too, is that they go for these big, giant, hairy, audacious goals, you know, and it's like, you don't even have consistent cash coming into your bank account every single month. You don't have stable ground, you know? Let's start with that first so that we, you know, Dr. Jeff calls it the stable planet. We call it the barbell, mm -hmm. you know, build reliability first. Um, Tom uh, Farrar, member of our of our uh, group, he said something like uh, money is like water when you don't have it. It's really all you can think about. Mm -hmm. So dig a reliable well first before you start going out and trying to conquer all these lands. You know, it's much easier if you have a nice, safe place you can always come back to we always have this source you know of water coming in so we're not going to be thirsty at least now we can go out and try to pursue other things but you know there's an order to this and you're not trying to start a hundred million dollar company without having some level of reliability first and i think that's worth noting yeah no that would be we're betting all on that be rough be rough yeah. sledding well Steve, I don't know. I'm ready to kind of wind down for a few days here uh, around Christmas and just like yeah. turn the turn the burners off, you know, 
let's cycle down and I'm looking forward to just kind of uh spending time with family and reading a lot and hopefully uh doing very little uh for yeah. another week or two yeah what are you doing I'm, Christmas. I'm taking the week between Christmas and New Year's I'm gonna have a lot of downtime I don't generally have downtime my time is usually pretty booked out I'm actually excited for the downtime to work on parts of my business that I don't really get to work on there'll be a lot more thinking time uh some calls some conversations I think are important to have with uh unfortunately the biggest challenge I have is I don't get to have enough quality conversations with people that are important in my network I am looking forward and all sorts of quality conversations in the downtime. Like that's where I get rejuvenated. This is where I have fun. I know I'm weird, but that's how I'm wired. Love it. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be back, I guess. Are we going to be, are we going to be doing a show next week? What do you want to do? You want to do a show next uh, week? I don't think we can because these guys are also getting caught up on some, on some overdue tasks. So I think new year, we we'll back at it in new year. Okay. Back at it in the new year. It's an exciting new year, man. A lot of opportunities percolating and bubbling for a lot of people right now. If you're feeling that, I think a lot of us are feeling that. Um, yeah. I think that that's worth paying attention to here over the next couple of weeks. So um, I'm going to be using this time. I know Steve's going to be using this time to to repay some of the energy debt, to to reconnect, um, you know, with the key relationships and the people you know, giving the gratitudes that um, that we should be putting back out into the world and preparing ourselves to carry momentum into next year. Right. Yep. Showing up, be, being the person that shows up as reliable and staying open to the opportunities that present. I think that's what's on the horizon for us. Um, you know, it's all that are listening to this next year. And uh, just want to say a big thanks to everybody who's, you know, been listening to us all year. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes when you run a podcast, it's hard to know whether people are resonating with your message. You don't always get immediate feedback, right? It right. takes some time. So I just want to say I've, I've gotten a lot of uh, support uh, from not only you, Steve, but for the people who listen to this. And, you know, we we love doing this show. We love the guys and people that listen to this. So thank you for, for listening and for everybody. Um, we hope you guys have a great holiday here over the next couple of weeks and spend some good time with family and come back ready to dominate in 2024. Absolutely. Dominate. That's the key. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next year.